have a choice as to how we show up with people. Like we basically, with our energy, we leave awake everywhere we go. And so it's like, how do we want to leave that? How do we want people to feel after we're with them? Mama! Welcome to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder that you shouldn't have to sacrifice your dreams to take on the role of mom. I'm Kelsey Smith, mom of two boys, wife, and entrepreneur who's passionate about helping other moms, current and aspiring, to reimagine mom life. I'm bringing you the resources, support, and relatability to debunk that limiting belief that you may have about your ability to achieve your goals while raising a human. We're covering everything from mom guilt, marriage, relationships, careers, finances, mental health, physical health, you name it. Your life doesn't have to fully shift once you become a mom. You can have it all, and we'll show you how. Hey, mamas, thanks for tuning in this week to Mama Has Goals, your weekly reminder to reimagine mom life and rediscover your multifaceted self. I'm Kelsey Smith, and I'm so excited that you are here. I know as a mom, it can be really hard to find time to pour into yourself. And I always say that's why I'm so excited about having a podcast and the podcasting platform in general, because whether you're doing dishes, laundry, going for a walk, or you're in the car, sometimes that's the only way that we get to pour into ourselves and further our knowledge. So pop in those headphones, however you get to listen, whether it's me or anyone else, I absolutely have loved hearing what is resonating with you. Send me a DM on Instagram share to your stories if you are loving it. And of course, always leave a review with your takeaway so that I know what you want to see more of. With that being said, we are so excited as we jump into 2023 to bring in some new guests all over the range of topics. So if there is something that you would love to hear or someone you would love to hear, please send it either in a DM on Instagram at Mama Has Goals or put it in a review on Apple Podcasts, whatever fits best for you. If you're new here, I want to give you a brief overview of who I am and what Mama Has Goals is because it is so much more than a podcast. I myself am a mom of two little boys, a wife, a vineyard owner, a phone app and community creator. I love sushi and bubbly beverages. But before some of those more recent accomplishments, life handed me the question of, if I hadn't made it through that, what story would I have left behind? And since then, I've been on a mission to pursue my highest self alongside motherhood and now help other mamas do the same. You can connect with us here on the podcast in our free phone app that you can download either on the Google or Apple Play Store and App Store on Instagram and through virtual and in-person events. Check out the trailer episode for more information. And as always, send me a DM on Instagram to connect. Mama Has Goals is so important to me because it is bringing all different types of moms together to truly reimagine mom life and connect on all the different versions of you, what your identity is alongside motherhood, in addition to current aspiring empty nesting and every milestone of motherhood along the way. I do have some exciting things coming up in the Mama Has Goals community that I want to share with you. As we jump into the new year, we are rolling out our January action guide. And what that is, is a daily action guide prompt that you can access through our free phone app where we feature resources and activities for you to do for about 30 minutes or less each day. And each month has a different theme. January's theme is the mental and physical well-being. So I am super excited to bring different resources 
resources and activities to you to really pour into you. When we come into the new year, we can reevaluate what's important to us and allowing yourself to really benefit yourself and your mental and physical well-being. So for more information, you can download the phone app or you can text podcast, the word podcast, to 707-347-0319. All right. I am so excited to bring this episode to you. Dr. Emily Jacobs joins me today. And Emily is a mom, an author, a speaker, a board-certified doctorate-prepared nurse wellness coach and thought leader. She has over 20 years of healthcare and nursing and corporate leadership experience. Emily started her endeavor consulting for companies and coaching individuals in health and wellness, building resiliency, adjusting to transitions, up-leveling leadership, burnout recovery, work-life balance, self-care strategy, strategies, setting healthy boundaries, and living a life that you love. Emily is a highly requested presenter and keynote speaker. She's also become faculty of the Integrative Nurse Coach Academy, training the future nurse coaches of the world. What she learned the most from her private practice was that self-doubt and fear prevent us from believing in ourselves and that we're worthy of creating an amazing life. Emily created a company to provide a safe space for others to overcome their biggest fears, move past self-doubt, and elevate their dreams to work towards their passions and have the perseverance that she knows is available for everyone. Emily helps guide others through balanced boundaries, recognizing toxicity. She challenges you to say goodbye to that stuck version of yourself in order to recognize that you are enough, you are loved, and you have control of your choices. I am so excited to bring you Emily Jacobs. This episode is so good. She gives backstory onto her book and how to truly live for you, not for your mom, your kids, or anyone else, how we can be triggered from our own past in parenting and what she's done to set boundaries and work through her past to be able to show up as the best version of herself for herself and as a mom. I am super excited to dive right in. You can connect with Emily after this episode at Dr. Emily Jacobs on Instagram. And of course, follow me at Mama Has Goals. Now let's welcome Dr. Emily to the show. Emily, I am so excited to have you here. Mamas, this is another mom that I've met through expanding my network, being in communities where I connect with other women that expand me. And I'm super excited to have her here, tell you a little bit about her story. And that's really where I just want to dive in, Emily. I know you've made a lot of drastic life changes over the last year, semi-recently. I would love for you to just give us a summary of the last couple years and what led you to making these changes. The summary of my last couple of years is basically when, when I became a mom. And I think that's what led me to make these changes, which of course didn't know would happen until that day. But um, I had my first daughter in 2017 and it just kind of hit me like a ton of bricks. I was a previous intensive care unit nurse for about 20 years and an educator and I had been in the hospital system forever. And so then it's like, I have this baby and I felt like, I was treating everything like an emergency and to the point that like, I didn't even know that I should take care of myself because I'm like, but I have this like small being that I have to, you know, take care of. So I just kind of, I kind of, I don't know about freaked out, but my energy was so, so bad in the house and it was just so tense and it was so irritable. And of course that's not what I wanted to bring. So, okay. So that was the first child and 
And then it just kind of taught me that like the importance of, you know, scratching out the word self-care and replacing it with taking care of yourself became like such a necessity. Again, I am like a sacrificial type person. I still do that. But now it's like all of those things that people tried to help me with, like you can't take care of her if you don't take care of you. No one's going to take care of you. So that was 2017. And then just kind of fast forward, I had a second daughter in 2020. So I have two little girls now. And it's just teaching me, like with each child, it's teaching me one more thing to like learn and just the essentials of how boundaries are so important and so healthy and another form of self-love and taking care of myself and also just the control I have over my choices. I'm really, really focusing on the awareness around the things I complain about because it's also the things that I was really, really wishing for and hopeful for. So it's like, you know, I want a kiss for so long. And now I have 1 million school emails from like the teacher. And I'm like, I can't handle it. And I'm trying to just, again, I can be overwhelmed. And I think that's a natural feeling, but also notice that maybe that's a trigger and also notice that, okay, wait a minute, take a deep breath. What can I control in this moment? What do I need to ask for help? So that's kind of like some of the big lessons that I've learned in the last couple of years of my life. And then just also switching jobs. I just kind of learned to be more clear and just looking out for myself and what's best for me and my family. So it's like that whole essence of taking care of yourself. I resigned from that hospital setting and went into, you know, the, the coaching world. And I've primarily been consulting for healthcare companies and really helping with the healthcare giver burnout. But at the same time, it's like my heart is just like wanting to help all the moms of the world too. So that's kind of in a nutshell what I've been up to. And I don't know if now's the time, but I just finished my first book. So that should be coming out soon. That is so exciting. And I think what is so cool about this is you go from a place of burnout, just not even five years ago, having your first child really questioning what things are looking at to now having a different career path in a book, like you're an author. And I was just live on Instagram this morning talking about how so often we get caught up in the timeline or where is this going to go and what is our decision going to lead us to? And I'm going to guess that five years ago when you were kind of feeling burnt out and you're feeling that way, you were like, you know what, I'm going to go down this path and I'm going to become an author. I'm going to guess that that wasn't exactly where you were at. No, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that that's so, so, so cool that you were able to do that. So you know, for me, I had kind of a pretty large pivotal moment that made me step back and reflect. But it sounds like yours was kind of a a combination of smaller moments all put together, not necessarily one straw breaking the camel's back or anything like that. Would you say that's true? Yeah, that's 100% true. And, And while it, you know, often I see these things springboarded by motherhood, it is usually just the new kind of lens that you're looking through once you become a mom, and then you start questioning, you're like, am I happy? What would it mean to even take care of myself? What would that look like? And, you know, sometimes that hasn't been modeled for us. We haven't been told like how to take care of ourselves or how to care for our, like our core, our heart. Like what do we need as human beings, not just like as operational people, whether it's in our home or our jobs. And I know you talk a lot about your relationship with your mom. Can you give us a little context around that and how that's shown up for you through this journey? Yeah. I mean, you kind of pulled it full circle. It really was all the little lessons. And that's actually what's all in the book. All the chapters are like lesson one, lesson two. But it's really how I learned these lessons from literally from my mother-daughter relationship, which it was challenging. And also 
I believe full circle, it gave me exactly what I needed to survive in this world. So now I come to the table in my 40s with just a ton of gratitude, even though it was extremely painful at the time. How I summarize that is that, is that you know, I had, what I'm learning is that I'm not alone too, is that I had what I felt like was the overcritical mom. She just kind of like looked at you the wrong way and you would melt and your confidence level as a teenager would just like, you know, melt into the ground. And, and I know she didn't mean to. And the whole time I would be like, well, she has a good heart. I would even make the excuses for her, but it would always just be like a funny way of showing it towards me. I have two brothers and, and, and they saw it, but I don't think they felt it the way I felt it, which is kind of like why the urgency now to write the book now, because, and I'm sure this is not a surprise, but I'm doing some of the similar behaviors to my daughters that I thought I'd never do, but I think it just innately comes out because it's like, that's what I was taught. Like that's, this is how you talk to each other. This is what you do. And the beautiful thing, I think what I've learned that my mom didn't know, right? She didn't have the tools and knowledge. She never went to search to find that help was the fact that I did because I just knew something wasn't right. And I had to change something for myself which I did as a single person. And then now as a wife and a mother, I'm like, oh, I really, I have to do it again. It almost is like a little bit different lessons now that I have, you know, two young people modeling behavior at the same time. So one of the things I say all the time, which at first really like hurt, but I say, mommy's not perfect. Mommy's still learning. We learn something every day and I'm I'm doing my best and today is not a great day for mommy today. Like I try to, even if I have damaged something, right? Maybe I've said to my daughter, oh God, your hair, right? Like it just like comes out. You're like, oh, that naughty mess, that disheveled hair. And my husband will look at me like, you did it again. I'm like, oh, right. Because I, it just comes out. I circle back and I'm like, you know, I always just try to find a way to repair it and say, oh, you know, mommy didn't mean it. Your hair looks wild and crazy and it looks so fun right? or something. But I always just try to find ways to repair it because at least, at least that's what I, I kind of saw that she didn't know how to do. And that was seemed as like a weakness for her. Whereas for me, I'm like, I don't know. It makes me feel a little bit better. I wish I didn't do it in the first place. So that's my next thing I'm going to try to work on. But I think in every relationship, whether it's a friendship, our parenting journey, our like, marriages, anything else, even at work, you're going to make a mistake, whether it's in your business or in your parenting. And you showing up and admitting that mistake is the number one thing and knowing that none of us are perfect. I remember I used to work with coworkers and they would try to cover up their mistakes and I would get so frustrated. I would be like, can you just say, hey, I messed up and we can work together to fix it. And I think it's the same thing with parenting or anything else to be like, look, I'm not perfect and sharing that. And the other thing, you know, I've learned as a parent myself and I try to remind myself of is then we're showing them that we don't expect them to be perfect, right? That it's okay for them to make mistakes too, but we want them to own it up to it. Share, hey, mom, I messed up today. And this is what happened. I'm learning, I'm trying and progressing forward. I think that is so, so important. And I, you know, when I first started this journey, I remember I heard Dean Graciosi say once, he said, you can love your parents and want to do things different than they did. And I think that that is so important because it sounds like you have so much love for your mom, but she just didn't have the tools in her toolbox that you now have. And even on the days that you're looking 
for more tools, you're at least searching for them and you're aware, hey, I should have used a hammer and I used a screwdriver or whatever else to be able to look at that differently. So I know that you incorporated some of your mom's favorite colors into the cover of your book. And the title of it is Live Your Life for You, Not for Your Mom. I would love for you to talk a little bit about that incorporation and how you chose that title. Yeah. Okay. So the cover was kind of wild. I couldn't think of it. I am not like a creative person. And my book cover designer is like, what comes to mind? And I'm like, nothing's, nothing was sitting well, except the fact it was like, it was just such a like perfect symbol was the, was a butterfly, but it was more than that. It was more than just like the transformation that a butterfly goes through and the uncomfortable like cocoon that you have to break out of. Like I've always known that I've always loved butterflies and so did my mom, which was kind of odd. We would like buy each other it wasn't like a thing, but it kind of was a thing, you know, where it's like, oh, it's another butterfly. Cool, mom. Thanks. But I remember sitting on my porch swing. It was a, maybe a little less than a year ago. I was either quitting my job or I just quit my job. And I was like, all right, God, like, what? give me a sign. I, I, I actually did trust that everything would be okay. I'm like something deep in my soul was just like, everything will be okay. You will make sure of it. Don't worry about this. But I was like, I still kind of wanted the sign. And it's not like a butterfly was just like flying by because that would have been fine. I like adjusted my seat in my porch swing, which was like had a cushion and this like butterfly came out from under the cushion. So I'm sitting to myself, I was like, oh my gosh, I was suffocating like an actual butterfly. And I just felt like it was just like the epitome of like my life. I was like, I kept doing that to myself. I kept making myself smaller. I kept like diminishing myself, my dreams, my goals. And then since that day, I was like, okay, but I heard signs are supposed to show up like all the time. If it's like a real sign, it was so weird. And of course I know now, like when you kind of manifest something, you see it everywhere. I would like notice my kids shirts and they'd have like a butterfly on them. And I never really noticed that shirt before. I'm like, has that always been there? She's like, yeah, mom, it's my butterfly shirt. I'm like, "Mm -hmm, yep. Or like, you know, a logo that someone else like on their business, I was like on Facebook or something. I'm like, Oh, you're, you have a butterfly logo. That's interesting. That's keep popping up. So that's the cover story. The title kind of came also as weird as like a weird conversation. I was struggling in, in this role, like being a nurse for so long, it was just such an easy thing to tell people, Oh, that's what I do. Even though my husband's like, I mean, you're a director in corporate leadership nursing. You're you're a clinical nurse specialist. You're not like, you're not like, I hate saying just a nurse, but it's true. Like just a nurse is like, they're like some of the most amazing people. I just had different roles. I, I did other things after like I was done taking care of patients, but it was just so easy to say. And then when I went into the coaching business, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like a wellness coach. I'm a nurse coach. I'm an integrative coach. I like couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure out what to say. And my husband's like, well, what do you do for people? And I said, I don't know. I just help people live their best life, live live a life for you and no one else. And then we both just were kind of like, live your life for you. And he's like, I mean, that sound. I pretty much know what you do now for you know for a living. And I'm like, that's going to be my book. And so it's just like, I was playing around with a couple titles, but that was the one that just stuck. Like every day I would wake up trying to think of like a new title and I would keep writing the same one down. I'm like, I should just go with this title. (laughs) I love that. And a couple of things that you said that it came to mind for me was, have you ever seen that like meme online? And it's like, you need like a signier sign. Like you ask for a sign and you need more. And I feel like you got that with the butterflies. And then also with the title of the book where it's like, no, this is like the only one that keeps coming up. And I love that though, because we 
typically all need those multiple signs. And I hope that we all kind of graduate to needing less signs, but that's just not how we typically are. We're like, oh, wait, are we sure? Are we going to be able to do that? So I love that you have been able to overcome each of those throughout this journey and build that. And then also, I think you know, as moms and daughters, we carry these titles and these expectations with each title. And I love that you're speaking to really breaking out of that. That's exactly what Mama Has Goals is all about, is having your own identity alongside these other titles. Because it doesn't mean typically, there's exceptions out there, but typically we don't want to not be a daughter anymore. We don't want to not be a mom. We want to be all of those things and more. And you're saying, live your life for you, not for your mom. And You are doing this for your daughters 100%, but you're also doing it for you. You're 100% doing this healing and this book writing journey and your coaching and everything for your clients, for you, and so much more. There's so many layers. So I absolutely love all of that. And in order to do all this transformation, I'm going to assume that you had to set some like pretty hard boundaries around how you showed up and what you did. So I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your tips on creating healthy boundaries and then how do you figure out what they are to even create them? Yeah, I mean, okay, so when I give presentations, it's like my favorite thing to talk about now, which I know most people with boundaries is a little bit like squeamish. I'm like, ooh, this is exciting. I really just decided, and I can't tell you exactly when, but I know that even as a young kid, I knew this concept where but I didn't know it was related to boundaries, but basically like what's okay and what's not okay with me. That's where boundaries start with me. Like, is this okay with me or is this not okay with me? And it even comes in like a conversation with someone you love. If they snap at you, right? Because they're irritable, tired, hungry. Like now I get it. Now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that wasn't about me, but it's still not okay. I didn't like the way you said, I didn't like the way you're talking to me. Do you need some space? Like sometimes I'm kind of like, do you need to reset button. But I think that it, I think it was such a hard thing. I was such a like people pleasing daughter and wanted my mom to be happy because that's okay. Side note, I just didn't see that she was happy. Even though she'd be like, I'm happy all the time. What are you talking about? I'm always happy. I'm like, you don't look happy. You don't act happy. You don't talk happy. Like that's not what happy people do in my mind. But I think as a, as a daughter, I was still trying and I was trying to fix her, change her, help her, whatever. She didn't want it and she didn't think anything was wrong. So that was the other thing. I truthfully say that it was a waste of my time. So then when it came to setting boundaries, it, what it really happened was it was really essential for me to set them with her. And I didn't know this would happen. I didn't know that once I set it with her, it'd be so much easier with the rest of the world. But it, but it was because she was such a powerful, I don't know, powerful woman in my life. And yet, and it just, it just affected me so deeply. And I just remember, I don't know, I think it's by, I think I had my daughter at this point, or maybe like when I was pregnant. So, you know, it was later in life. It's just her little jabs here and there, these little jabs on the phone. And I'm like, mom, enough. Like when I had tried, I had done like coaching with her. I'd done like counseling with her. Like we tried. Okay. It just wasn't working. And I just said to her, I love you and I do want to talk to you and I do need you because she'd always be afraid that I didn't need her anymore. I'm like, I do need you. But what I don't need is these, these little jabs, these little criticizing comments. So when that happens, I'm going to politely hang up the phone and say, I love you, mom. Let's try again another time. Cause I want you to be aware of when it's happening. Cause she like really didn't know. She's like, I don't know what the big deal is. 
you're just taking it so personally, you're too sensitive. And she kept putting it back on me. And I'm like, that may be true. It might be true or not true. It really doesn't matter. But either way, I'm going to hang up the phone because my body is not going to absorb this anymore. Because when it came from her, I did absorb it as true. I would second guess myself. I'd be like, am I selfish? Am I this? And I come back to her and I say, well, that, did you know that that's how it made me feel? And she would kind of like blow it off. Cause she's like, no, I didn't do that to make you feel that way. I'm like, you don't, she didn't even know she was doing it, which was really easy then to forgive later. Cause I'm like, I really did believe that. I did not believe anything was intentional. So that was the first boundary. And I'll tell you, like it was, well, that came with a few others, but that was, she hated it at first and I could tell, but it worked. And I I didn't care that she hated it. I honestly was just like, it's not about you. I have to protect myself. And and is she, I, I know she was like rolling her eyes and like sighing to my dad, you know, like when she got off the phone, like Emily's being selfish or, you know, whatever. I just stopped caring about her opinion about it. And you know, something I always try to come back to in my life is what is my intention and what is the intentionality behind the choice that I'm making or the boundary I'm setting? And I feel like this is such a good example of that is your intention is to have a peaceful conversation where you feel good and maybe she can feel good too. Because you're not saying like, hey, in order for me to feel good, like I want you to hurt or feel like you did something wrong. You're just bringing the awareness in a really healthy way to say like, hey, this isn't going well. I'm going to hang up the phone now. We'll try again another day. Like how you worded that was so great. I think if anyone needs to like rewind a little, write that down and like literally put a post-it note in front of you to set those boundaries of conversation with anyone else in your life, I think that's a really, really good way to do it. And you can do that with anyone in your life. I can feel like I'm on the other end of that spectrum sometimes where I always want to like solve something. And I want to be like, oh, let's talk through this. Like, and sometimes the people in my life have helped me see that I need to just pause and they need some time. So you may need to also be on the receiving end of that sometimes if you're listening, because I could see myself in both boats. But I think definitely just knowing that boundaries and expectations, we actually have another episode on this. They're really for both parties to feel good and grow and set that up for either way. But with that being said, the caveat is it's not your responsibility how they receive it. It's just your responsibility how they deliver it. And I think you how you deliver it. And I think you have done such a good job doing that. Where has this shown up for you in other relationships that you're willing to share, like beyond your mom, some ways that you communicate boundaries in a similar way or different? Boundaries and like recognizing toxicity was really, really prevalent in the workplace and in the hospital setting. So I don't want to like throw it all under the bus, but there's a lot of people pleasers and caregivers. And there's a lot of not wanting to upset anybody, always trying to make people happy, always trying to take care of people at the sake of like caring for ourselves. So there was some firm boundaries when I would see management just pile on, pile on, because we always say yes. We just always were like, well, it has to be done. And there was just times where I would use things like that to set the boundaries of, you know, my plate's really full right now. I can't take this on without picking up extra, which, you know, of course you can do here and there. And I would never be opposed to like in an emergency, but same thing is you can't treat everything like an emergency all the time. There has to be a way to prioritize. And again, I would just think to myself, this is not okay with me. I had a job that the one I resigned from was basically... I don't want to go too far into this, but essentially there was no days off. Okay. Even though they say you have this many days off, so I won't go too far into it. But I was told that when I had to take my week off, when my daughter's daycares took their week off, I had to take the week off of work to be home with them. 
And essentially I failed at like not rolling out this major project. And I got, I got a talking to on my day that I returned because I didn't do it during the vacation time. Then I said, well, one, I didn't know about it because I shouldn't have been checking my email. <laughs> Two, so, I mean, I just actually said when she said that was a fail and I said, that was a day off, right? <laughs> like I just didn't know what else to say besides like, I'm just going to stand up for myself. But I think it just, it gave me the confidence that, this is not mean. This is not a harsh wall. I am doing this as a form of self-love for myself. And even just so much as communicating the simple things in our household, like this is what I need. I mean, I, I give, I'm a giver. And that's hard because it's really hard to set boundaries when you're a giver. But I just, I look at my husband, I say, there's 48 hours in a weekend. This mama, I need like two to three hours at any given time. I don't even care when it happens, but that's what made me feel really good about this weekend. If I could get some creative space or, you know, whatever it may be. And then I, I, I give it back and I'm like, and then where do you need some space and time for yourself to do whatever? I, there's no questions asked. It's like, do whatever you want. But there's times where we just have these conversations. It's not every weekend, but it's just like, I have to put it out there. I'm not going to assume that someone knows that. And then I also do want to set boundaries around the not even boundaries, but I want to communicate when I have a big need. And I'm also very empathetic. So like, I also want to reciprocate like, okay, you have a big week. Maybe I could find some ways in my schedule to tweak it because you've been really helpful last week or, or so forth. But yeah, well then it obviously being a mom to toddlers, like we have boundaries all the time, but, but yeah, I think that those are, those are my examples. And communication is so key through all of this, right? And I think just, again, bringing it back to not being perfect and trying as you go, because you may not perfectly ask for the time that you need. You may not perfectly give or ask what time other people need. And you may not set your boundary perfectly in the workplace environment or with clients if you have clients of your own or anything like that. But it gives you the opportunity to try better next time and really just show up in a different way and be aware. Like, how did that make me feel? How did? And that's where I notice where I set boundaries is afterwards I reflect and I say, okay, that didn't make me feel very good. So next time I'm going to make sure that I set a boundary, but I have to figure out what first, because if you just say, well, this didn't make me feel good. Well, what about it didn't make you feel good? So really breaking that down and communicating and saying, hey, raise my hand. I need this. This is what I need to make me feel good. So that I think has its different ways, like we kind of broke down in different categories. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about how you may do this with your kids. Because what I've heard from the women in my community is kind of regardless of age, they really struggle with setting boundaries with their kids for what they need for themselves. Because from the youngest age, do they understand? And what if they need me more? I hear that a lot. And then also all the way up to really the same thing. Like, well, how do I set the boundary of how my kids show up? for me when I'm just supposed to be there for them anytime they need me. And this is different. I want to just preface this with a disclaimer for anyone listening. This is different for your home dynamic, your kids, what they're truly going through right now and truly what you're going through. But I would love just how that's kind of starting to unfold with your younger kids, Emily, mm -hmm. if you're willing to share how you set some of those boundaries. Yeah. And I think too, like being a working mom is tough too. So I try to think, which again, I, you, You've already told, you've, you've all already heard I'm not perfect, but, and I try to understand, okay, so I wonder what the five-year-old and two-year-old are going through, which of course I don't know, but I'm trying to imagine that like, and I've learned and done some research too. So 
So one of the things is, obviously, I think most of us as moms are understanding that like when our kids act out, it's usually an attention or a lack of control thing in their world. So I try to pay attention to that as best I can. And usually like, like the 10 minutes after like picking them up from something, right? So if someone else was taking care of them, if you're picking them up from school, those first 10 minutes are kind of critical. So I try not to like busy myself with anything, like not even a phone call, which again, I'm not perfect yet, but like, I try to just focus on them, focus the attention on them. Like I'm here for you and you need me type of thing. And then usually they like to like unwind and, you know, do their thing. And so how does that boundaries, like a lot of times too, if I can tell that it's an attention thing, let's say I can't, I don't want to stop what I'm doing. Cause like, I want to get my stuff done and I'm, I'm very timely. I have like, what's what I call myself is time anxiety. So like I try to get like a million things done in five minutes. Cause I don't want to wait till later. And then I crash, but I try to be really aware of, I don't know, like they, they can't really tell me how they're feeling and what they're going through. So when they're like, mommy, mommy, play with me or do this or do that. I just try to set really clear. Yes. I will play with you. Like, yes, I'll play with you in five minutes. I'm going to wash the dishes and I'm going to do this. But so you can see that, you know, I'm making progress. I'm getting what I need to get done. And then I'm going to come and play with you. And there, that's usually enough, not all the time, but, and usually I can distract them or snacks or whatever, but I really do try to, you know, my husband and I are really good at communicating that too with them where when mommy and daddy are talking, like we're, we're just really trying to be like, did you, like, he's like, did you hear mom was talking? And then my kids say, like my older one's like, well, dad, she's talking all the time. Like, (laughs) so again, I'm trying to have awareness. Like I do talk a lot. So I'm trying to be like, okay, it's your turn. You know what? I'm going to, I'm going to take a backseat. I do talk a lot and try to like take the turns with them. So sometimes it's just the simple things. Like, did you recognize I'm I'm trying to teach you something too, because in the real world, you're going to go and interrupt people they're not going to like that. So I would say they're just like really simple. Obviously, like the obvious ones, like your, you know, boundaries, like you're hitting your sister. We all know this is not okay. Is there anything you guys need to do to work it out? Right. And then we have our own like discipline methods with that. But I think just trying to keep them as simple as we can at this age so they can learn to grow with them and recognize that. And then like the same thing, like it's not okay too. like I've interrupted my husband and my husband will say like, well, mommy interrupted me. See, that wasn't nice. (laughs) Right. Cause I know that they're modeling behavior. So it really just, I know like a a little side note, like I know we've all like kind of researched some of this too, but like we're kind of parenting ourselves, which also includes the ugly versions of ourselves. And so when you see that, you're just like, don't do what I do. Don't do what I do. And so we're really like, anytime that happens again, I'm trying to be like, mommy's still learning every day. And again, I think that's truly like all we're here to do is my opinion is like learn as we go, do our best, communicate where we can do better. And I love how instead of him being like, Emily, you interrupted me. He's like, he does it in such a nice like learning way. I'm sure it doesn't always go down that way, but like super cool to be able to like word it in a way that you would talk to your kids and be like, see, that wasn't really nice. (laughs) I actually love that as long as it's done with like good faith. But being able to just kind of showcase like proper boundaries of like respecting communication, respecting time. I know, especially with the younger years and toddlers, they talk about giving them then statements to say, we're going to do this. And then we're going to do this. And being able to say like, I will play with you after I do this. And then I'm going to do this. So I think that that's really great. And you really are showing them the importance 
importance of boundaries and the meaning behind it is that self-respect and respect of others, which I feel like you're really showcasing in those conversations, which I love. So just congratulations and thank you for letting us learn from what you're doing and navigating. It's all about the, you know, progress, not perfection. I mean, I, I thought I was going to be like the mom that didn't yell at her kids. And when I realized that that happens again, right, I, I make mistakes and it's not, this is not all perfect. doesn't happen perfectly every day. But what I realized is that I, I was watching another mentor talk about like yelling is actually not like the worst thing in the world, how you do it and what you say could be damaging. But so she, I haven't, I've kind of developed this and I, I've done it like once or twice now, but instead of yelling at them right? Like, get your shoes on. This is why we're going to be late. You're making me late. Like, you know, sometimes we get in those moments where we say the things we don't want to say. So if your body's just like a volcano and it like needs to get it all out, she was like developing this theory of like, turn, just turn your face away from them and scream at whatever object, the lamp, the wall, the front door, just like, ah, ah, my body just has to get all the, like the yelling out. And I did it one time and my kids were like, what is she yelling at? Right. And I was like, sorry, my body was just really angry and hot and my heart was heavy and I just needed to get the yells out and great. So now can we get our shoes on? And of course they were so freaked out that they were like, yeah, mom. Yeah, we'll get our shoes on. So I have no idea if that was like a therapeutic like way to do it. But all I know is that I didn't yell at them. I didn't say any words that might've been damaging. I just like yelled at an object. They think I'm crazy. I'm okay with that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No. And, you know, we've been navigating this with our oldest right now and helping him. You know, I was just telling a friend, I said, you try to follow all the things you see online of like, what's the way I'm supposed to do this and that. And that's why I love having this podcast where we bring in perspective in real life and also through the phone app that we can show you what works for others and you try it on for size. And, you know, I have been trying to work through that of loud noises because I have told my oldest and like, I hurts my ears, like when you're yell and when you cry, if you're upset so loud, but it's okay to process our emotions. And I want you to be able to process those things. And so we've talked about like, do we need to yell into a pillow or do we need to say, I need to move the, I I want to yell. And I'm like, okay, but not in my ears, please, because it hurts my ears. And so being able to say like, it's okay to process emotions. This is what we're currently choosing to do for our family. If you're listening, it doesn't feel aligned. That's okay. Choose for you. But you know, being able to say like, hey, I want you to be able to process those emotions because that's important. But also, can you respect that it hurts my ears when you do it in that way? So can you maybe do it in your own space? Or can you do it over here? Or can you at least apologize afterwards and say, I know that was loud. I just needed, like you said, to move that through my body. Like, I love the way that you worded that. And you said, I just needed to get my yells out and being able to at least acknowledge that and just move forward with it. So I absolutely love that. And I actually... The next thing I want to talk about, I think that that's a really good transition because it's about giving your kids the power to direct whatever they need to in their life. And I know you talk a lot about the power of choice and how to redirect. And I would love for you to talk a little bit about taking control of your power of choice and just starting there, like how that has changed your life, having that power of choice and having the confidence to believe in yourself and your choices and moving forward. Well, I like to, you know, kind of preface that with like, just learning where our choices come from. And they come from this just like, and I don't know, like all the research articles that I read about it, but it was basically like, I always, well, and I always knew as a kid that we have a choice, 
And I like, again, I don't know who planted this, like if it was like a spiritual thing or like my soul or whatever, but I'm like, but we have a choice as to how we show up with people. Like we basically, with our energy, we leave awake everywhere we go. And so it's like, well, how do we want to leave that? How do we want people to feel after we're with them? And I would just always be, anytime someone complained about something and I would think to myself, but did you choose that? Or did someone like make you do that? Or, and again, right. If, if this part of the conversation doesn't align with people, but for me, I was just like, there's times I would just hear a lot of the complaints, whether it was like in my family or at work. And, you know, I'd always just think to myself, how did you get here? How did this happen? Cause people would like complain about their jobs all the time. And I would think, well, is someone like making you do this job? Do you like, did you sign a contract? Like what? Oh no, no, but I have to do this. And I'm like, I would just have been never resonate with me when people would say that. So there was just like something always in me where it's like, I have control over my choices. And that's the other thing when you feel so overwhelmed and stressed and burned out. And I mean, that probably happens on a daily basis to me. And I coach people with this. Like there are moments where I'm just like, I did it to myself again. I got too excited. I got, I overboast myself because I really do like love what I'm doing now, but it, it can be a little much if you're overbooking and not realizing and not like balancing things a little bit better, but setting boundaries, setting my own boundaries, <laughs> so, right? Like I, I have, to, I have a hard time with it too. But here's the thing is like, when you know you're doing it and you get aware of the fact that you're doing it again, or it's present, you have two choices. You either keep going. And, and so for example, if it's an overcommitted week, you either keep going with that and own it and be accountable for it. Or you pull yourself back inward and you say, okay, what do I need to do differently? How do I help myself get through this? And sometimes the answer is like, it's not going to happen today. So today is just going to be an overwhelming overbooked day because I don't want to change the choices that I've made for today. But maybe in a day or two, I'm actually going to then like reschedule or, you know, do things that I need to to protect myself. So again, you never know how you're going to feel. And I, and so that's why it's hard for me to like, you know, when I plan my week, I'm like, I didn't know all this stuff would happen and, or I didn't know that my kids were going to need a lot more emotional support right now. You know, sometimes, especially with kids these age, it's just like, I I wasn't planning for the three tantrums this afternoon and I wasn't planning for the, you know, so it's just in those moments, the moments when you can literally, sometimes it's literally just one deep breath. I take a deep breath and I'm like, okay, I feel like everything's out of control again. What do I, what can I do? Or I call for help, right? It's like phone the friends, right? From the TV, from those game shows, like phone a friend. And that's usually when I tell my husband, I'm like, I feel like we're in a, you know, like, let's say one of the kids is homesick from school and we both have busy days. And I'm like, I don't know what we're going to do. Like, I'm freaking out. Sometimes it's nice to have another person coming in from the outside that's not emotionally attached yet. And then you can both like take a deep breath and figure out, okay, what's the plan? But yeah, I think it's just when, when you have the awareness that something it's not going in the direction you like, you do, you have two choices. You either keep going in that direction or you go anywhere else and you get to have that. I love that. And what you reminded me of is I often say, if there was a solution, if there was a portion of a solution to your problem, what would it be? And I feel like it's really the same thing. If you had a choice, if you had a portion of a choice, 
Like, what would it be? And being able to just break that down. And totally, I think so many people can resonate, especially this time of the year with sick kiddos. And that can totally throw off your day. And I love that small example, because with that, you can say, okay, what would success in this situation look like? Like, rather than sitting in the overwhelm and the frustration, like, yeah, no one wants their kids sick. No one wants their days completely thrown off the rails. But like, how can we have success in this situation? And what choice do we have? We don't have the choice that our kids are healthy and that they just get to go to school. So what is the power of the choice that we do have and how can we redirect that? And one of the things that I love that you talk about is the confidence in yourself to make those choices. Because I think that that's what it really comes back to, I feel like, is you you maybe have that like planted in you, but if you're not confident to be able to say, I have choice, or I believe in myself or worthiness, like worthiness of choice. I feel like that's what comes up so often and be able to break it back down and say, okay, what would the choice look like if I felt like I had total control? Even if you don't believe you have total control at this point, I feel like that's what comes up for me when you say that is, okay, for someone that's maybe not feeling like they have the ability to leave their job, or they have the ability to stay home with their kids, or they have the ability to follow whatever it is that they are feeling they don't have a choice around, what would it look like if you did? And what is the confidence and the worthiness that you need to believe that you could get there? So I just love that so much. But what have you ran into, whether it's through coaching or the other women that you connect with through your networking or parenting or people in your life that outside of confidence, you feel like is the biggest struggle that people run into when they talk about the power of choice? So if someone comes to you and they're like, well, I just can't have that happen that way because of this. And they're like, no, no, I I believe in myself, but there's this. You don't understand. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like that is that comes up for people? I really do. And I know it's going to sound a little generic, but I really do think it's that feeling of overwhelm where it's like this spiral. And And I feel like when some people don't catch the spiral, right? When you're not catching that spiral of overwhelm, you get sucked into it. And then you become, and I was like, don't throw tomatoes at me, but you become one of the complainers, right? And so this comes up a lot. So my least favorite word in this world is busy. (laughs) I can't stand it. Like we're all busy, but here's the thing. Like I have like slammed my schedule jam packed with stuff sometimes, but I chose it. I did it and I love it. And then I got mad at it later. But again, it's like no one else to blame but myself. And so I can't sit there and complain and be like, oh my God, my schedule is so busy. Like there was a time where I was wondering if this career, if this choice would be a good choice for our family. And what I like to tie into that is, again, not perfectly. This does not happen all the time. I definitely complain about stuff. Is the gratitude around what does this give me? And how does this provide for me? So even in, for example, I do coach a lot of people that don't like love their healthcare job right now. And then I would say, well, let's just peel that back. Let's not even talk about that piece right now, but let's peel it back. Like what got you started, right? What was that first day like? Like kind of like your whys as to why you got started. Now I'm imagining, because it ha- it happens to me. So I sometimes imagine that maybe it's happened to someone else is that they get kind of stagnant because they're ready for growth but they're staying stuck in the cocoon, but their body's ready for growth. So they're not allowing themselves to go there. Now it could still be growth where they're planted, 
So like, what do they need where they're planted? Cause they're like, well, I'm not going to leave. And I'm like, that's not my job is to get someone to like leave their job. My job is to find out what's going on in your soul so that you can live a life like that you love. And sometimes it's just a conversation with your manager. Can you give me more of this type of work, but less of this work, right? Like how do we empower people to have the conversations with people to then get more of what fills you up, right? And I, I feel like when we get to those areas, I start asking people like, well, what do you like about yourself? What are you good about? Or what do you, what do you, what skills are you good at? Because I feel like we each have these specific skills. And again, same thing, like if we're not using them, we're kind of, we're kind of wasting them. And I, I think that that comes up with when you're talking about like being, feeling worthy, I think that's the core of it. I really do. I'm like a big vulnerability fan and a big, you know, worthiness fan because it's kind of at the heart of, I can't make that boundary or I can't stand up for myself or I, I'm just going to make everybody else happy at the, at the sake of myself. And I, or I'm going to give, 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 and then complain that there's nothing left for myself. It's like, I don't know. There's two questions I I try to ask myself at night now. I I tried meditation. It comes and goes. Just depends. I really want to be like the relaxed mom, but it's just not happening. (laughs) I'm like the crazy one. But when I am, it's like that trending reel. That's like I really want to go with the flow, but like, what time does the flow start? It's (laughs) I totally resonate. (laughs) Oh my gosh, yeah. Like there's there's a woman. There's a company that says the relaxed mama, and I'm like. I, I want to be you. I want to join that force one of these days. But I decided that, so this is what I try to do at night. I ask myself, did I do a good job taking care of myself today? Because ultimately like that's, I'm going to do a good job taking care of everybody else. I already know that that's just what I do. I mean, for the most part, did I do anything to take care of myself today? And I try to reflect on that. And then how, is there anything I can do for tomorrow? And then at the same time, is there any improvements I would have made from today? Like there, I had a bad day the other day. I did not show up great at all. My energy was horrible. And I was like, how could I have done differently in that day? I tried to reset the button a few times. It worked a handful of those times, right? I tried to like, I had the choice. I recognized I was doing it and it was hard to get out of. But again, I had the choice. I I finished my complaining because I knew I was still complaining in that bad day moment. But then I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I'll wave the white flag. I'm just having a moment. So you know, I try to just do like a simple reflection and a simple, like, how do I set myself up for the next day type of type of thing. And I think that's what can help us control like some of those choices. And really what I hear you saying that I absolutely love is it's taking responsibility and holding yourself accountable because at the end of the day, no one can change your life, but you. We talk about that a lot and no one can show up as who you want to be or who you want to become except for you. And so people can come and you can set boundaries and you can say, okay, I need to set this boundary to show up. That's like one piece to the puzzle. Then you can say, okay, I am going to make choices. I'm going to find my confidence. I'm going to find my worthiness. I'm going to make choices. That's a piece to the puzzle. But then keeping it going and showing up each day is that responsibility and that self-accountability to be able to say, okay, check in with myself. What could I have done better today? I love that you asked that question. 
And for those that maybe are really hard on yourself, the only thing I'll add to it is like, what did you do really well? Like also outline what you did really well. And that might be waking up. I always say it could be anywhere from waking up or closing a huge deal or anything in between. But allowing yourself to find the room for improvement and the progression, holding yourself accountable, but also being responsible for your own worthiness and your confidence and what you've done really well. And I think that that's truly what I hear with what you're saying is like, okay, I know that I can reset throughout the day. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but I'm still gonna hold myself accountable and be responsible for my own joy and happiness at the end of the day to know, do I need to set more boundaries? Do I need to make more choices differently? What does that need to look like? So I absolutely love that. And I would love for you to just share maybe any other ways that you do hold yourself accountable or set up responsibility for yourself in your choices and what that looks like other than the reflection. Like, is there anything in the morning or throughout the day that you're like, okay, this is how I know I'm setting myself up to be like responsible and accountable for not just my actions, but my feelings. I think I I just spent this like last year of just getting really self-aware with that. And knowing that this is 100% my accountability, like I did this to myself and, or I keep doing something to myself. And I think it's just when you come back to recognizing, like, this was my choice. I did this for my, I did this to myself. So for example, like if, if we've just had like a crazy week, right. Or we've planned too much to do with the kids or something like that. I don't want to sit back and complain about that. We chose it. We did it. We could have changed it in the moment, but we didn't. And then how do we do better like the next weekend? So I, I think that that's just one of those tools of like, okay, and same thing. I admitted it. Like, I'm like, I admit it to myself. I coach people on burnout all the time and I do it all the time to myself. But I also realize it's part of my personality to when I get a little excited and I get a little like, oh yeah, I'll do another this presentation or I'll do this on a Saturday. My husband's like, when's the last time you worked on a Saturday? I was like, well, in the summer, I set those boundaries. But now that we're in the winter, I remove those boundaries. And he's like, and then it's, of course, it's Saturday morning. I'm like, what am I doing? And I know I'm going to love it when I'm there. But like just getting up on the Saturday, I was like, what was I thinking? And of course, I made the cute excuses of like, let's just want, it's just like two Saturdays this, this month. And he's just like, there's four Saturdays in a month. But You know, the point is, is that it's just recognizing, bringing yourself inward and saying, okay, what do I need right now for me? Because again, no one's going to do that for you. And I love how you just, you talked about taking full responsibility and accountability. And then at the same time is, is, is the, and I don't want to open up Pandora's box, but like, where do I need to ask for help? Not that you have to ask all the time, where do I need to ask for help and then receive the help? which I know can be really hard for some people to do is actually receiving. I mean, I've had numerous clients where they, people have offered stuff, right? And I know you've heard this through like some of our mentors is, okay, if someone offers something, you have to find something for them to do and then be grateful, right? So it's the same thing. If, if I have a little, my cup's full and I'm feeling really good, doesn't it feel good to give or help or take care of somebody? Of course, like that's, that's just like a human nature thing. So why would we deprive someone of doing that for us? And it helps to, to think when you're thinking about trying to think of more creative solutions, is there anybody around that could help? Could I, you know, put it out there? I remember one time we did that and we're just like, oh, we have no help. You know, you did this like dramatic, we have no help. And then like these two neighborhood girls all summer have been like, I'll be a mother's helper. Like they were too young to babysit. And I was, I was denying them all the time. So I'm like, oh no, I got it. I got it. I got it. But then I'm like, 
what would it serve me to have a little girl come over and play with my kids for two hours while I cook dinner and not have to hear, I need a snack. I need this. I'm like, yeah, that's like a no brainer to me at the time. But I, I like kept saying, oh, I don't need you, but thank you. And then I look back, I'm like, that would have not cost, that would have, I would have gained more than what it cost me. Yeah. And I think that goes back to what you're talking about with kind of that overwhelm that you get in because you don't even give yourself time to pause and think about what you truly need for those different areas. And the other thing that came up when you were talking about that for me is remembering that each thing is a season, right? So if you're in a season of like giving, 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 and that feels really good for you, your next season may be really hard boundaries and less giving and more for you. Or it can be a combo of the two in a season of receiving help or giving help. And no, you shouldn't have to ask for everything that you need in life, but you do need to communicate what you need. And that doesn't mean saying, I need you to put your own dishes in the dishwasher, that's maybe a communication thing that happens later and you don't have to ask that every time, but you have to communicate how you're feeling. And we should want that for our kids and ourselves and anyone in our lives, communicating our needs, wants, desires, and what that affects everyone else in our circle. So I love that you put that out there. Before we close, I would love for you to just talk a little bit about anyone that's listening, how they know if they're ready to hit any of these different topics in their life, whether it's the power of choice, personal responsibility, reading your book, taking on a coach, or setting boundaries in their life. If someone's sitting there and they're like, I'm not 100% sure if I need boundaries in my life or if I need to work on these different things or build up these muscles in my life. What are some of the things that you would say are kind of like those possible red flags for you to know that you should really step into considering some of this? Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I feel like people know, but they're scared. I, that's what I think. I think, I think some people are just like, I, I don't think, well, they might think it's not that bad. Right. And so they're making excuses. I'm just saying, cause that's what I did. Like I made excuses like, Oh, my mom's not that bad. Like, you know, or this is not that bad, or she's got a good heart. If you're starting to make excuses for the things that really do like kind of bother you and don't sit well with you, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about what you're enabling it, whatever it is, whether it's a person, a job, a thing, a situation that the more you enable that you're saying that that's okay behavior. So, you know, when you kind of like, you'll, you feel it and you feel like, I think, but it's scary. I think too. And some people are recognizing that like, okay, it feels a little bit scary. And I don't know if I'm a hundred percent committed to getting out of this space because, you know, you can get uncomfortably comfortable in a space like that. And that's what I think when we make those excuses and I've lived there. I was in a job that I didn't like love, love for a couple of years. And I did it for the family. Like I'm doing the quotes. Like um, I got to the point where I realized I was doing it for the family. So then own that, do it for the family and like suck it up, <laughs> like in a nice way. Like, but it's, but I love how you also talked about seasons. Things do pass and they do come and go like seasons and things are temporary. So understand though, if it's not temporary and it feels like this, it's, it's getting heavier and heavier and heavier. It might be time to reach out to someone and just have a conversation to see if working with someone would be a good fit for you or just what it would feel like. The, a lot of people I work with, I'll say, try it once. You'll, you'll kind of know if it's for you. And I'm not like tooting any horn in our world, but I think a lot of times people don't know, you don't know what you don't know. And when you get that new awareness, like you can't unlearn it. So you kind of want a little more. 
And it's not like, it's not like we're giving you 10 chapters all at once. We're just trying to like start small and get you comfortable with, with learning how to open up, which can be a little tricky too. And it can feel unsafe if you've never done it too. So that was kind of like a big story, but (laughs) hopefully that was helpful. No, no, I love that so much. So I'm all about women having goals alongside all their titles. We talked about that a little bit and in motherhood, outside of motherhood, and you have navigated so much over the last five years. If you had to pick one accomplishment or kind of traditional goal, because to me, goals are anything. Like I said, it's waking up and smiling or it's hitting a huge milestone, leaving your job, anything in between. What would be the one thing that you're most proud of from this like five-year season? It's going to be vague again, but this is just why, what it, what it does for me is just, is just starting. And I, and I say starting, <laughs> learning my self-worth has been the most pivotal thing for me. Cause again, right. When you're doing stuff for other people all the time, it was, it was learning my self-worth and standing up for my self-worth and understanding that like, that's kind of what built a confidence muscle in me. So I, I, I didn't mention this before, but I struggled with like low self-confidence and low self-esteem. So when you when you realize your worth and you believe and trust in yourself, I really do. Anytime I'm starting to get like really scattered or I'm, or I'm like, I'm wondering if I'm not on the right path. I try to go back to my heart and be like, okay, every time I come back to you, give me an answer. And it's not always the answer I want, but what I'm realizing is it's always the right answer. Cause it's probably the answer I needed. And Sometimes it's a slow down, which I don't know how to do. So in my heart, my heart has told me to slow down and I have not listened. And I'm sure you can imagine what happens next. Like usually yep. one might get You're knocked out somehow. You, they will, <laughs> it'll take you out somehow. And, and now anytime that happens, I'm like, yeah, I didn't listen to you again. Shoot. Now I'm out for two weeks instead of the week if I would have just listened. So I really do, you know, try to come back to my heart and, and remember my self-worth and remember the lessons that I've learned, which I'm going to, I'm going to add on to that is they're continuous. Even though you learn them, it's more tools for your toolbox, but it's continuous to keep applying them. And I actually didn't know that would happen. So that's what I said. Like when I kind of learned them, I'm like, oh, this is great. And then when I was a mom, I'm like, I'm relearning them in a different role. And now I'm still coming back to relearn them for myself again in this role. So it is continuous, which was a little like, <laughs> daunting at first. I'm like, I got to relearn all this. But with every time you relearn it, it keeps getting easier. So that's kind of amazing too. Gosh, well, I'm just proud of you. I'm so happy that our paths have crossed. And I think that was a perfect quote to end with is just, it's a continual journey to reapply those tools, even when you receive the tools. And I just absolutely love that. I would love for you to just tell us how we can connect with you, how our listeners can get your book, how they can connect with you on social media or anywhere else. And just thank you so much for all of your wisdom and feedback today. So many tangible takeaways and perspective. Thank you so much for that. Oh my gosh, Kelsey, thank you for having me. And yeah, so I'm on Instagram at, it is at Dr. Emily Jacobs. So Dr. Emily Jacobs. Or my website is uh, dremilyjacobs.com. My book, uh, Live Your Life for You, Not Your Mom, is coming out January 24th. So there's your launch day. And 
Maybe we can put links in there later, but you can sign up on my website for our exclusive book newsletter where you'll get like little tips. You'll get little information about the book launch and all of those special things. And there'll be just fun like book bonuses that'll come out in our newsletter. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Emily. And we'll put all of that in the show notes so you can look down there too to get all of the details. Mamas, if you love this episode, please follow Mama Has Goals wherever you listen to your podcast so you know whenever we drop a new episode. And the most important thing, please leave a five-star review sharing your favorite part of this episode and tag Emily and I on Instagram with one of your takeaways. You can find me at Mama Has Goals and Emily at Dr. Emily Jacobs. Have a great day. See you next week. Bye.